Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Isaiah, let me ask you a question. Have you heard about Anchor by Spotify? Nah. What's that? Okay. Let me give you the rundown. It's basically the easiest way to make a podcast. It gives you literally everything you need all in one place. Do you want to know how it works? Yeah. Tell me all about it. Okay. Well... Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start recording today. You don't even need any fancy software or anything like that. Whoa, we gotta get on top of that ASAP. Right? And there's still more. You can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify, with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place that you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. What? I'm on Spotify every day. Let me log on real quick. Also, with Anchor, creators like us can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. I'm going to download the Anchor app and check anchor.fm and start today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode two of, St- or episode three, actually, technically, uh, of Stop Being Polite. Uh, we are brought to you by Silent Podcast, where we are anything but silent. Uh, we're here to cover episode two of Real World Homecoming for New Orleans. I'm here with my co-host, Carrie. How are you today, Carrie? I am good. I am um, a proud dog parent today. I hate, actually, I hate myself for just saying dog parent. Oh, dude, Nitro's going nuts right now. Um I taught him how to play dead over the last few oh. days. So um, I'm very much looking forward to my Monday morning work cuddle when we're supposed to say like what you did last week. And it's going to include teaching my dog 
how to play dead. And there's something else, but I'm not going to say it on a live podcast. So remind oh. me to tell you later. Okay. I will <laughs> remind this you. Is, this is my line on where I'll stop saying things. Okay. I'm interested. Crazy we reached that we the found line. It. We found yeah, it. Yeah, we reached the line. I actually probably could say it, but maybe we'll save it for an end of an episode when like okay. people are, are listening. But um, yeah, so that's how that's how I'm doing. I'm good because my dog learned how to play dead in three days. That's great. In three days, it's really impressive. Yeah, I'm proud of him. Good guy. <laughs> yeah, way to go, Nitro. How are you? I'm good. Um, I got nothing. I'm good. I'm just here. You're existing. Just here. I'm here. Just here existing. Having a good time. So, Katie, I have a question for you before we get going. Yeah. Does Beyonce know who you are? Not at all. Not even a little bit. Not a chance. The fact that those two, aka Matt and Danny, were just casually talking about how like Beyonce I know. knew them was such a wild start to this episode for me yes definitely um the top thing that i have in my notes uh for this episode where matt just says beyonce knows his name and then danny completely was like yeah well beyonce took a picture with me and <laughs> we did a photo shoot together mm-hmm. and she knew who i was uh sorry about it matt danny's just more of an icon what can we say yeah beyonce was shy around him yeah wow that's pretty crazy. amazing like, the biggest pop star in the world. The biggest. Nose Danny. Good. I mean, that. that's really just goes to show how iconic this cast is, truly. That and like just how big this was in general. Yeah. Huge. Um, it was huge. Before I came down here to podcast, I was telling my roommate, I was giving him a heads up in case like Nitro acts up and needs to go out or whatever. I'm like, oh, I'm about to podcast. And he's like, oh, are you like podcasting about Survivor already so quickly? You trying to be Rob has a podcast? And I was like, no, we're actually talking about real world. He's like, wait, is there a new real world, real world season? He was a big real world fan. And I'm like, oh, no, there's the homecoming. And I was explaining. He's like, oh, it actually sounds good. And so uh, you should we watch. Talking. Everybody should watch. Yeah. I told him like, no, this is actually really good so far. I think you'd really like it. So um, I might be getting another viewer. You're welcome, Paramount Plus. Yes, um, <laughs> need a commission to the party. Yeah, if, I, like even a dollar would be fine. It's, yeah, I don't need much. Just like if I can accumulate that many, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so I think we can go ahead and jump into the episode. Um, I don't know about you, but this episode. If I had a checklist of every single emotion that existed, I feel like this checklist probably would have almost all of them checked off for what I felt during this episode. I feel like it was a roller coaster in a really good way and also like a really cringe way. Um, So I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, I could definitely understand that. There was a lot that happened within like a 45 minute episode. Yes, jam packed. It's crazy because like I still feel like we heard from almost everyone um, a decent amount, maybe Sans, Jamie, and even Matt a bit. Mm -hmm. But like we got a very good episode and I liked how focused it was on Danny. Yes, agreed. Um, it kind of reminded me of like how they did it during the regular or the not the regular season. But yeah, the, the, original. the original season mm-hmm. of it um, where each episode like kind of had a main character that day. Right. Other people were involved, but today Danny was definitely the main character. Definitely. Yeah. So let's uh, let's jump to it. So the episode opens kind of where we left off last week with Julie kind of like tiptoeing like a little like freshly born deer out of its mother's womb back and forth in the hallway afraid to talk to melissa she finally uh you know takes the bites the bullet and walks in and melissa's just like i'm taking a shower and i just asked them to come take off my mic so maybe tomorrow um 
which is kind of great. And then we get a we get a confessional of Julie saying, um, you know, she she just wants to move forward, but she just like still doesn't understand the issue. And I'm just like, Julie, how many times can it be explained to you? And in what clearer ways can it be explained to you for you to understand what you did Mm -hmm. and why you were the one that's responsible? It does seem like we kind of get there later in the episode, but I was just really surprised to hear her in the beginning still say, I don't really understand what I did, but I'm ready to move forward and take responsibility. Yeah. And I mean, this isn't in defense of Julie at all. I think her big thing is like, at least with Melissa's, I didn't do this. I haven't seen the proof of this or whatever. And so I think that's where her whole, well, I don't know like why, or I don't, I really understand, but which doesn't make it okay. And she does, like you said, we get there where it doesn't matter who wrote it. My name is attached to it. It's from people who represent me. And regardless that, that is something that I need to own. So she, she gets there, but it is still like, even after Tokyo's like motivational speech to her, she still is kind of like, but. Right. Ah. Exactly. Exactly. I think, you know, this is just a classic case of just sitting down and taking it and listening and just admitting that you were wrong. And it mm-hmm. seems like Julie just has a really, really hard time being able to do that. Um, but we get a confessional of Melissa saying that she was ready to live in a space with weird energy, but she wasn't really prepared for all of that, which is Julie's just total deflection. And she specifically says that she no longer holds memories of the good parts of their friendship because the bad parts were so bad. Um, And she feels guarded, but she has two more weeks. And I quote, in this motherfucker. So we'll (laughs) see what we can do. So Melissa continues just to be a star. I, how do I phrase this? It's weird to me. I guess it's not weird, but Maybe I am astonished or even maybe jealous that she is able to um, compartmentalize like all the good memories and just focus on the bad ones. Like maybe she's a level of petty that I'm not, which I consider myself a pretty petty Mm -hmm. person. And one of my greatest talents is holding a grudge. Um, However, to like, if you look back on that season, they even show some clips of it. Yeah, they were like, we Great love friends. each other we're best friends blah, blah blah whatever like they really did get along during the season um and so for melissa just to be able to come in here and be like nah i don't remember anything good about you mm-hmm. because of how mad and how bad you hurt me like i wish i had that skill because even still like people that i've pushed out it's like oh well there was this like good thing she's like fuck the good things mm-hmm. We are only focusing on the shitty things you've done to me. Yeah. Um, That is something I think that Melissa and I do have in common. There are many times where I could be best friend. I I had a best friend for over decades and there just came a point where we were just like, we got into a fight and I was like, this person's dead to me and we haven't spoken in years. And I feel like once I get to that point where it's just like, this is it. I've, I've reached my breaking point. I don't remember any fond memories of anybody. I can just be like, it's over. And just keep it moving. Not in like romantic relationships, but in friendships, I, I can do, I can definitely do that. I don't know why. Maybe that's a toxic trait of mine. I should probably look into that. <laughs> probably not a good thing. <laughs> I don't know. Some people could – there's so many people who can't like cut someone out of their life who is toxic. And uh, I'm sure that there is like a middle ground of being able to yeah. appreciate the good, but also like recognizing what you need as good. Um, exactly. But – I still think that you're better off cutting someone out and completely ignoring the good for the fact of like 
removing that person from your life than keeping them around and trying to appreciate whatever good that they do bring, mm-hmm. despite how negative of an influence they might be on your life. So I, I respect what you do. I'm, I'm like that. I have no problem cutting someone from my life. Yeah. If anything, like I love confrontation and I don't love it. I, I welcome it. I'm not afraid of it. And I will gladly have that conversation like nah (laughs) like I don't I don't need this anymore it's been real peace yeah so I think I think this podcast has a little bit more in common with Melissa than maybe the average bear so yeah I think so too I think so too um anyway protect your peace everybody if you're listening um don't let people walk all over you and be toxic uh so then after this we see everybody in the house just like checking up on julia like she's a child and what really struck me about this was like kelly asking if she ate and julie you know everybody saying like you good um and it just really struck me that like nothing has changed in 22 years this is an adult woman and they still treat her like she's the young girl fragile girl that she was in in the year uh 2000 Mm -hmm. which i just thought was wild it's like you know Everybody seemingly would have grown. Um, everybody is in their 40s. They're adults, men and women. And uh, we still have to treat Julie like she's a baby. So it's pretty interesting. And we see it throughout the episode. This is not the only time Julie will be treated like a baby this episode. No, I agree with you. So Julie goes outside and she and she ends up apologizing to Danny. But the first thing that she says when she walks outside is, Riga's talking about me. And it was, to- was it Tokyo out there? No, Tokyo was not. Tokyo was no. inside. Uh, it was Jamie, Matt, and Danny outside. Um, and that's just what she walks out with. And it's like either you want to let it go and you don't want to be the center of attention or you want to be the center of attention and make it all about you. And she very clearly wants to be the center of attention. Oh, 100%. It, yeah. You can see it just based off of her behavior in even like half of this episode. And not, I'm not even talking Absolutely. about drinking half. Like yeah. even the first half, uh, she just, yes. Yeah. 100%. And I'm, I'm wondering if she's feeling this obligation of like trying to make good TV uh, with right. some of herself, or if this is just genuinely like how, I don't know, just out of touch she is with other people in terms of like, this is how she's choosing to act around people she hasn't seen in 20 plus years and has drama with. Like, I, I'm not 100% set either way, but yeah, her all of her behavior right now is something that just I kind of like. I, if you're not watching the video, you can't see my head motion, but it's like <laughs> leaning back of like, oh, yeah. what is this? Like, know, she's like dialed up to a ten for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of me thinks it's because she, like we talked about in the recap of the original season, was kind of like the narrator of the show and really was like. A lot of the focal point. I mean, we had a huge, amazing dynamic cast, but a, a big part of the show was Julie and Julie's journey and her religious, I guess, journey um, throughout. And I think that probably fed into her ego a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think even some of those moments from the challenge, those were like very controversial, highly talked about moments. So I'm sure she just is taking that with her. And, you know, every show she's been on, she's been a focal point. So she thinks that she needs to be the focal point of this as well. And she's just kind of overtaking everybody with her ego. I mean, even her past behaviors, given like it's the ones she's apologizing for, but she wrote Melissa out of a job so that she could exactly. have it. She wrote Danny out of a job so she could have it. Mm-hmm. Like her actions definitely speak for needing to be the center of attention. Exactly. So she kicks off and she starts to apologize to Danny. She does this publicly. Um, and she does say something about 
she that she didn't know that there were multiple letters, which is just so interesting to me because then in a few minutes, she does say that she admits that she was a 20 year old idiot and that she really harmed Danny um, and that, you know, she was awful to him and that she, mm-hmm. you know, but so it's like, are you admitting that you wrote this letter or are you not admitting that you wrote this letter? The homophobic so, letter specifically. She she admitted that she wrote the homophobic letter. Like she admits that she said, I only wrote one and it was the one about Danny. And the one so, that she said that she wrote about Danny in the first episode was that she blamed Danny for making fun of those kids. Mm-hmm. She never really said that she admitted. I'm sure it's the same one. Yeah, like, I'm sure too. But it's just interesting because she's like, oh, I'm a racist and I'm a homophobe. But now she's saying, oh, like I, I did that. Mm-hmm. so it was interesting and then we get this clip of never before seen footage and this was actually like shocking to me a little bit because i don't feel like we ever got julie outwardly saying so blatantly in the original season that homosexuality is a sin which i mean she probably did say that but she said it's her moral and religious belief is that homosexuality is wrong and nothing's going to sh- change that and then she was talking to some guy i don't know who that guy was in the clip but she said homosexuality bisexuality is disgusting personally So Julie is trash. um, And that's that. Yeah, I think that was the um, he was a casting director. So it seemed like that was like an Mm. on air, not on air, but like a recorded interview before the season. That makes sense. That makes sense. It did say casting special in the top. Yeah. So I think that that might have been pre her meeting Danny. And um, I mean, we saw that at least while they were in the house together, she had a bit more of a positive outlook mm-hmm. towards at least him. Um, maybe not. She definitely started like questioning, like, why is this seen this way? But then regressed back to her original yeah. behavior because exactly. of her actions in writing that letter. Exactly. So, you know, Danny says that his life is full of baggage and hurtful things and that people do a lot of things out of fear and out of a sense to protect themselves. And they end up on like a fine note. Uh, Danny appreciates the apology. So, you know, he said that what Julie fails to understand is that when you allow events to fester over decades, that it's going to take, you know, time that they probably don't have in this New Orleans house to get to a place where they can fully be resolved. Um, But he does tell her, you know, I don't know you because we haven't spoken in 20 years. And he just looks forward to getting to know her in this experience. Um, so he's really looking for her behaviors to back up what she's apologizing for. Okay, but do you think a sober Danny accepts that apology so quickly? Because he was hammered. 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 You could just tell by his face. Like, good on him for how well he was able to, like, keep himself together. And um, if we didn't have so many confessionals already of sober Danny mm-hmm. like if it was Jamie I don't know if I'd be able to tell because we haven't had a lot of like Jamie right. confessionals but it was very evident that Danny was hammered, hammered. Like, he like also later in the episode was like do we really have to do this like the day I'm so hungover mm-hmm. um, which might be every day based off of what we're seeing of Danny so far oh my god but, I know um yeah like I I just am wondering if he was sober during that apology if his reaction is as like open and kind and right um giving as much grace i guess to her as a sober one would have been but you know what it happened and that's that so you can't really take it back at that point no i guess not 
But we did get a confessional from him afterwards, and it seemed like he was like, you know, we'll see. That's kind of where he was talking about the behavior, and he'll need to see her follow through to see yeah. if this is truly genuine. So I think he's probably fine with it and probably just wants to squash it since they have to live together. But I'm sure that they're – I mean, who knows? They could be keeping in touch now, but I I would doubt it. Um, Then we get to Tokyo. So Tokyo makes breakfast for everyone, and I put a little heart in my notes because I just thought that was so – sweet uh, i just like i'm loving this tokyo that we're getting i'm truly loving it um and the other thing i want to say about this scene before we like fully get into tokyo and we'll we'll see it again later but melissa like literally gets people to do shit for her yeah. like throughout this episode like she's talking to tokyo about the breakfast and then she's like what i really want to know is like is there going to be eggs and bacon for me and he's like yeah. yeah um and it's like truly boss energy she just has honest boss energy she has julie make her a coffee later which really it was Jamie, but then Jamie had Julie do it. So it's just yeah. like she really just has everybody on the on the payroll without mm-hmm. paying them. So I, I'm loving it. Volunteer work. Yes. Um, I do want to talk about the video we saw because you had said that you looked up Tokyo's YouTube. Oh, my God. And- I want this song. I want this song to be like my ringtone. Okay. I'm assuming you know Migs, right? Yeah. Like within our little yeah. mini community that might be like dissolving by the second. But um did it gave me like Migs vibes. Oh like, yeah, I can see that. Uh if you go to his like pin tweet and see all of his like acapella intro videos, I was watching it, so I was like, I bet you Migs could do can Migs cook? Can he make uh cooking YouTube videos? But Maybe. anyway, um I just had to say that that it like very much gave me Migs vibes, but also like the what was it, like the berries, chop it up, chop it up, apple. I it up, want the song. I took I took in my notes that like I need this video. What did I write? I said, I want whatever song this is in Tokyo's YouTube video, and it's not there anymore. I'm gonna have to do another deep dive because it has to exist somewhere. I mean, they definitely, it would be weird for it to be on the show, but then not be on YouTube anymore. Like what, that you're going to get more views Part of me thinks he scrubbed it or something. Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to look again. Maybe I found the wrong thing, but I'm pretty sure I found the right thing. So we'll see. I would to find the right thing. So I mean, to be I fair, I didn't look to... that hard, but I okay. think I found like the page and then I was like, oh, this is his page. It's empty. All right. Well, um, if you find it, please send it my way because at least the 10-ish seconds we saw were catchy. I loved it. It was everything. It was everything. Um, so then we get a little bit of an insight into Tokyo's day to day, um, and kind of like where he's at right now, just in his life and personally. And, you know, he says that he admits that he didn't portray who he really was 20 years ago and that he caused a rift and he takes full responsibility for it. And this is something that we talked about at length in the recap of the original season that we recorded on Saturday, which is available on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcast, check it out. Uh, and and twitch as well and um you know we talked a lot about how it just seemed like he wasn't super open to the experience back then and maybe wasn't super comfortable in himself and now it feels like he really really is um and it's just so heartwarming to see how he's grown and how he's blossomed into this like sensitive soul that we're seeing in front of us because he was so closed off back in the year 2000 um and now you know he says in 2022 that he's in full understanding of who he is Professionally, he's a writer. He's a big proponent of collage art. He uses that to mold his stories. And he does say wherever he is now is perfect. And it just feels like he's just super happy with where he's at in his life. And and I'm, I love that he's at this point with himself. Yeah, he actually made me think in this that um, 
like if there were to be superlatives, it would be very easy to give him like most change or yeah, yeah like you know, that would be his uh, 20 year superlative. Um, I would love for you to talk for anywhere between 10 and 30 seconds because there's a certain dog in this room who has taken a sneaker and we're about to get into a little bit of a rumble. So I'm going to mute okay. myself. Yeah, um, please. I will be right back. So just monologue about how much sure. we love Tokyo. I don't know. Yeah. Me and Nitro are about to fight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, Tokyo continues to say that he feels terrible to know that even though he's in a better place now, that it could have been better then. And what I want to say to Tokyo is do not beat yourself up over this. You are who you are. And just so I'm so glad that, you know, if you ever hear this, Tokyo, we are in full support of you. And we um, are just happy that you found this happy place that you're in right now. And he does say that this time the door is open to this experience, which is really great. Yeah, I'm glad that he's open to this. Experience yeah, me too. I could have easily seen him saying no. Yes, I could have as well. I could have as well. Um, so then we go back to the house. Uh, Tokyo made breakfast for everybody, as we mentioned. And uh, we see Melissa and Jamie playing with Jamie's virtual reality game. Um, and I just loved that. And and Jamie does mention that he stayed in touch with Melissa through text over the next over the last couple of years. Like every couple of years, they'll they'll check in with each other. So Melissa will always hold a space a place in his heart. And I just thought Melissa with the with the VR headset on was just truly hilarious. It was yeah, great. She, she was very funny in that. This very. is like all we really got out of Jamie was like this yes with a little Jamie's bit of just kind of there yeah I feel like he's the least changed he agreed if he like still looked as young as he did however many years about 20 years ago like if he were able to keep the same body I don't know if anything has changed about his personality he's just like a woo guy right now who's mm-hmm. there for a good time which I think you need someone like that to yeah maybe, like, alleviate because there's obviously some there's some tension there's some heavy subjects or whatever like jamie's definitely serving a purpose through all this but he just like hasn't changed he's just here for a fucking party i totally agree and you know it's funny i i agree with you i think melissa is obviously hilarious Mm -hmm. um and i i actually think tokyo is very funny too but jamie is funny in a way where he's like i don't want to say he's like physically funny because he doesn't really make me laugh but you could tell he like brings a lighter air into the room where a lot of everybody else is pretty serious. Like Melissa is funny in like a dry, intelligent way. And he's just like a goofball. And sometimes you just need a goofball and he's filling that role. Yeah, definitely. Um, So then we cut to the first incoming message of the episode and the focus is on Danny and Paul. Uh, So we get a montage of, of Paul and Danny um, and we talk a little bit about don't ask, don't tell. And we get a behind the scenes, scene uh that's never been shown of danny talking to the producers and the directors about paul being exposed on camera in the pictures Mm -hmm. um so i found this very interesting and obviously they they wouldn't have aired this back in the year 2000 Mm -hmm. but um it it really added a lot of gravity i think to the situation where back then it was obviously very serious and don't ask don't tell was very serious Um, But just seeing kind of like the stress on Danny and the stress on Paul when he came to the house um, and how nervous he was and how like, you know, in a full state of anxiety, I would say, coming in, um, reasonably so, uh, it just adds a different layer that I feel like we didn't get back in the original season. Yeah, and I think part of it could be us just like having learned so much about 
um, this, but even more so just Danny's, like, seeing Danny's reaction, and I think it was Melissa who made the comment along the lines of, like, yeah, Danny kind of, like, put his faith in the hands of MTV, yeah. and he said, like, they said they wouldn't, but right. if they felt like it would have been better for them as a business, like, they could have done it. He didn't know, like, definitely, and I mean, obviously, there's, Danny isn't back on the show, likely, if they had, you know what I mean? Like, of I, course, I yeah. can't imagine that he would have, like, okay, I'll come back to the place that, like, fucked no, my entire relationship. Um, it was obviously the right choice, but I, something that I was thinking during this is, like, if uh, social media exists the way it does now, and even just, like, the climate of what I think mm-hmm. really social media creates, like, I don't know if MTV makes the same choice in 2020. I don't think so. I definitely I don't think, think so. Yeah. I think that they leave enough to be, I mean, given he probably would have gotten the shit doxed out of him by like the fucking nuts on Twitter. They're probably like, no offense, the big brother people who like live to mm-hmm. just, you know, you know, like that level of the fans. Yeah. Yeah. That stand you know, culture like, that exists out there. It's, it's intense. Yeah. And it's not even only Big Brother. It's like every time you look at an Instagram comment or like anything yeah. for any famous person, it's just like the the bottom of the barrel of humanity is just making themselves yeah, seen always, and heard as much as they possibly can. I always revert to Big Brother because I feel like Big Brother, the intensity of that community was one of the first shows to really have such like a, a yeah. passionate group where they like didn't give a fuck about the person's life that they were ruining. Um, yeah. And so that's where, like, my brain always goes to. But, yeah, it definitely happens in, like, any single celebrities or groups or whatever, like, fandom. But I just don't – I don't even think that MTV does nearly as much to, um, like, protect Danny and Paul in 2022 as they would have – or as they did in 2000. Yeah, and I think – I almost think that, like, social media would have – social media would have made it impossible to, Mm -hmm. to do this. Um, so, you know, it is kind of like almost a time capsule back to this time where things were so different, um, in so many ways. And like, we got these clips of Bill Clinton announcing this as a way toward moving toward progress by allowing, you know, people in the LGBTQ community, uh, into the military, they just weren't allowed to say anything. And if they did, you know, Danny then reveals like, you know, Paul had a really high position in the military. He was captain of, I wrote it down. Uh, captain in the Airborne Rangers, which I don't know what that is, but it sounds really important. Um, and if he, if anybody found out, he would have been dishonorably discharged. All of his accomplishments would have been completely erased. His pension yeah. would be gone. His benefits were gone, and he would have been completely shunned. So I feel yeah. like in the age of social media, like we, they never would have taken that risk. But it just really does go to show, like this is this was progress in 1993. And I say progress. I didn't do quotes, mm-hmm. but I mean quotes around that. Um, and it's sad. And then, you know, and it stayed that way until the year 2010. And they showed a clip of Barack Obama uh, repealing Don't Ask, Don't Sell. And it was just that this whole this whole segment was very I felt very emotional um, watching Danny get. So you can see his his, his demeanor totally changes when he's watching this mm-hmm. um, on the couch. And you can see how like anxious he gets and just kind of like pent up because this is bringing back on un- un- rehashing trauma from much earlier in his life. And then, you know, he talks a little bit about how in real life he lived in this state of fear because 
he woke up to teenagers looking in his window and he, mm-hmm. you know, he and Paul would have to go to the grocery store and stay across the grocery store and shop separately from each other because he didn't want people to know that this was Paul because Don't Ask, Don't Tell still existed for a few years um, mm-hmm. while uh, they were together. Or actually, I guess they maybe they broke up before it was re- repealed. But I think what Danny said was that they were together for eight years and three of those years, Paul was still in the army. Yeah. So this was weighing heavily on them. And then Danny is a public figure so it's it's even harder to to hide that before when they're two unknown people maybe it's a little different but as a public figure everybody's knowing that danny is with a man who's in the military it just adds a whole nother layer um i think something that like hasn't been mentioned at least in the homecoming part but i think was in the original season is like paul's got a fucking backbone he chose to show up like he didn't have to do that and yeah. so for him to like to do that for a person that he was in love with and um, risking his whole livelihood, like I I commend that because I don't know if I would have I'm a very like career first person that mm-hmm. I don't know if I could do that. And I, I think that that hasn't really come up as much in the homecoming part. So I think everyone was so shocked that like, not shocked because they all saw what Paul looked like in time, but like it's just weird seeing like his face not blurred out and then yeah. kind of helping Danny talk through his experience with all of this after. I don't think like, yeah, but Paul showing up, like I don't think that was the right time for it, but I do just want to throw it out there. Like that's, yeah, I that's crazy. Just doing that in itself, like allowing all this to happen in the first place. A thousand percent. I mean, this guy really took and and I think that might have been who Melissa was referring to when she said, you know, they put their lives. I think she was referring to Paul like in MTV in the producer's hands because there was, like you said, no way to guarantee that his face would have been blurred at that time. Or maybe they made a mistake or maybe they missed a picture in the background. You know, it's there was so much that could have gone wrong back then. Um, And I'm glad it worked out for Paul not getting dishonorably discharged and Mm -hmm. being able to continue, but it does seem like they, this really weighed heavily on their relationship. Um, Danny mentions that he has CPTSD, which is complex PTSD because of this continued stress and trauma that he's continued to go through um, because of just being a public figure and living his life in fear and being conditioned into just constantly having this anxiety. Um, and it sounded like it really, really took a toll on their relationship. And he stayed in it longer than he probably should have mm-hmm. because he didn't want to let down. I think he said gay America. Um, yeah. And he wanted to give hope to people uh, with this relationship because so many people looked up to him and looked up to them that, um, you know, it's a lot of that's a lot of pressure to carry around. I, I just don't think it can be understated how big of a deal this was back then. Yeah. And we have um, Joseph Boza making a comment, which is actually something along the lines that I was going to mention as well is that uh they were like a new couple so i don't even think it was that long didn't they say three weeks three weeks is what he Mm -hmm. said in the original season and so the fact that like this storyline also fell into mtv's hands because they didn't cast danny knowing that he was in a gay relationship with someone in the military they cast danny because he was a very good looking fresh out of the closet male that um who is going to be spending time in one of the places where um gay people are more welcomed and like liberated so i think Mm -hmm. that they were looking for that but then he comes in with like hard eyes for this guy who's in the military and 
Um, so he definitely like wasn't cast for that. That's that yeah, component absolutely. of him for sure. But um, it definitely provided MTV the opportunity to be a part of a national conversation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that just goes to show kind of carried to what you were saying about uh, Paul and what that took for him to show up and probably how just intense that relationship was at the time mm-hmm. because they had just met. They were probably in this like infatuation stage and then obviously it just lasted very long, um, their relationship in general. And I really truly don't think that there was any way for either one of them to have predicted what would have happened after the season and how looked mm-hmm. up to Danny was. And Danny says he became an accidental activist um, and kind of like the face of this. And he admits, I was as clueless about Don't Ask, Don't Tell as anybody. If you don't have somebody in your life who's in the military who may also be gay, um, you probably don't know that much ins and outs, especially you know back then where information wasn't as readily available, which is kind of what we talked about um, over the weekend when we reviewed uh, the, the original season. Um, it's just, you know, information was not at your fingertips as it was back then. So you really were relying on really doing your research if you wanted to learn anything. Right. And I mean, unfortunately, the experience, I mean, definitely had more of a negative impact, I think, on Danny than we wish it would have. Um, But for what he's at least put on camera and um, even how he's responding to it 20 years later is it's the same Danny that we loved in the original Mm -hmm. series. Just like we loved how charismatic, how kind, how open he was and like willing to let people learn from him. And even now, even after all this hurt he's been through and he's like isolated himself up in Vermont and he still is just allowing us and his roommates to really just see him for him and like, he doesn't feel like he has walls up and he has mm-hmm. every single right to have a brick house of walls Absolutely. up. And I just like really appreciate that um, he's letting us in because like this episode is phenomenal. Danny's phenomenal. Having him back is phenomenal. Like I, it just, it's a part of that roller coaster of emotion that you're talking about that like you're feeling this pain for him. But at the same time, it's like so appreciative that you're that he's sharing his story. Yeah. Yeah. A thousand percent. And this part of the episode, it really it really hit me because I just I felt like, you know, I saw Danny in the year 2000. I watched the show when it aired and just to see where he is now and hear him reflect on this experience. And he's just such a he's just such an important moment in pop culture and just figure Um it just it made me emotional. I tweeted out earlier today that it had me crying at 10:46 on a Wednesday, so I watched it at 10:46 a.m. today. Um, and just shout out to Danny. We we love Danny. Um, one thing I do want to mention that Melissa said that I thought was pretty. I don't want to say interesting because it just it puts a lot of things in perspective. Is that you know she said she can relate to Danny on some of the fame um, because she pointed out you know when you're famous, people have this sense of familiarity with you that you don't have anything with them so i can understand how people approaching you constantly especially on a show like the real world or big brother where we see live feeds 24 7 it's like shows like that where you're just watching people coexist really makes people feel like they know you it's different than an actor it's different than a scripted tv show it's different than survivor because we're seeing them play a game like these are just people who live in a house with each other um so i'm sure people just did not respect their boundaries often so 
if there is like one 15 second clip that I could show, I don't know, like three fourths of my timeline, it would be that one. Yeah. Um, Cause I know we both had conversations, especially off the podcast of like, just the way that us, uh, you know, normal folk who have not been cast for a reality TV show. Um, sometimes yep. we see them, uh, other normal folk putting those reality TV stars up on pedestals. And it's like, bro, they, they just put their pants on one leg at a time. Right. They got cast for having like a big personality, but like, um, or whatever their personality is that brought a dynamic to the show and just realizing like they're humans, they, they have feelings, they have emotions and they want to be respected and not treated like the, I mean, some want to be treated in like a very stardom type of way, but like at the end of the day, right. They're, they're people like calm down. They're people too. They're people. So yeah, exactly. that clip, I watched it and like having watched the episode twice, I'm just like, there's so many people who need to see this. Yes. Just this clip alone. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. Um, so anything else to say about Danny, um, before he goes outside and just chats with Kelly a little bit? I don't know if this is about just Danny. Hold on one second. Dude, my dog is acting like we used to call it the witching hour from 6 to 10 Uh p.m. where he'd just be a dick. And he's like, he was just chewing on the wall. Dude, I just told the new apartment (laughs) lady that you're a well-behaved dog. Cut it out. Uh Uh-oh. Him and I are fighting real bad. Um, so my statement about not just Danny and Kelly, because I mean, it's going to get into the Danny and Kelly part, but I feel like we were led to believe that none of these people talked since like 2000, yes. 2001, 2002. And yes, clearly like Danny and Kelly definitely did. Cause Danny said like Kelly, uh, that eight year relationship. So they were talking until at least 2010 um, yep. Jamie said like him and Melissa were really or he Melissa was the only one he really kept in contact with like I think that there was a little bit more contact than we were led to believe and so I just wish that we were like I know for the dramatics of like oh they haven't seen each other in 20 mm-hmm. years they haven't talked in 20 years like I almost find it impossible oh yeah because like uh Jamie was saying that he was like commenting on Danny's Instagram and his, about like his cabin up in vermont so right i don't like being like to believe that they they didn't talk i there is clearly some communication between some people more than others and i just want that established that's all i agree and i have this i don't know if it was like a fever dream or this memory that i just like made up in my mind but i have a memory of kelly and I don't know if it's on Watch What Happens Live. I, for some reason, Watch What Happens Live is sticking out to me because that's where I found out she was married to Scott Wolf. And I don't know if it's because she was on Watch What Happens Live or because Scott Wolf was on what happens li- Watch What Happens Live. But I remember her saying somewhere that she and Danny were still close friends. And it wasn't that long ago. I mean, it was a couple of years ago for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but I don't know. I, maybe I could be making this up, but I really truly feel deep down in my soul that I have this memory of watching her say this somewhere and it's going to eat me alive until I find out where she said it. So now I'm going to have to do a deep dive into every interview Kelly's ever done to find it. You need it. to keep a list of your deep dives. You have to yes. find Tokyo's YouTube and yes. you need to find where Kelly said that her and Danny have remained close. Yes. And we're also putting together a documentary about Julie's. Uh, oh, shit. Right. <laughs> her career, her college speaking well, career. I have so much research to do for things yeah, we have outside so much. of this podcast that I can't even. All right. I'll get there. It might have to wait until my class is done, but I'll 
I'll put that together. It'll be a, okay. I'll put a three minute TikTok together on Perfect. It. That's that all, I think that's all we need. Okay, yeah. Cool. I, I think you can even go less than three. I don't know what the time increments are, but I think you can choose the one that's right okay. under three minutes. 15 seconds, 60 seconds, or three minutes. Oh, okay. I think I'll need three. We might need more than a minute. Yeah. Okay. okay I think I'll need three. Okay. So Kelly and Danny go and sit outside and, you know, they hug, he gets a little emotional and he just says he feels like there was no real closure at the end of that relationship. And that he realizes that, that, um, that wound is still gaping open, uh, of him and Paul's relationship. So Kelly kind of convinces him, it seems like at this point to reach out to Paul. Um, and that's kind of where we leave it. And it, and, you know, it seems like that's probably something that's going to happen. And it seems like in the next episode, at least what we see in the Yeah. And I know that you thought like it might be the old Philly fake out that we were I getting, did. but I did. It does. I'm used to Bravo. Yeah, Bravo. Bravo, Bravo is dishonest you. in their trailers. <laughs> Bravo tells you that you're going to get this whole dramatic scene, but they actually showed it to you four times in four yeah. different previews. Exactly. Um, so yeah, no, I'm. I wouldn't have been surprised, but I think it's pretty safe to say that we are going to be seeing Paul very soon. Yes, I believe so. So then we cut to, we take a little bit of a left turn here and we see yes. Julie in her room with Tokyo and Tokyo's in bed, just scrolling through, probably surfing the internet, you know, whatever Tokyo does on his free time. And Julie is in a gown, like a full gown. I was trying, I watched this episode twice as well. And I need to know if you think that she was in a full gown or if this was a nightgown. It had to be a full gown. I, okay, I'm trying to remember because I was very focused on Julie's dumb words versus what Julie was wearing in, uh, in the scene. I feel, was it like a maxi length dress or something? It was like a sparkly gown. It looked like a full on gown. And I think she had jewelry on. It was pink. I honestly, I'm not, I didn't even notice it. And I watched this episode twice because I was so dumbfounded. Oh, it's the only thing that I, that stood out to me, I think almost the most in this, visually the most in this episode. Wow. No, if I were to, if I were to summarize this episode in one visual representation, it's later on when Julie is falling down at the stage in front of the drag queens. So different Julie um, scene, but no, I genuinely don't remember. So you could describe any, you could tell me she was dressed like a fucking mermaid and I'd believe you. Like, I have no idea what she was wearing. I think I might tweet at Melissa and ask her. She's very active on Twitter and I may tweet at her and just say, I need you to clarify something for me. <laughs> was Julie wearing a full gown in this episode when she was asking Tokyo to go in the shower with her? I need to know. Because we didn't see her in this out- outfit anywhere else, only in this scene. So like, what did we miss? I need to know. I this think is going to eat away at me. You should phrase it as, do you care to come on the pod to uh, discuss what you I wonder if she would. Well, this can be like our first interaction yeah, with each other. Yeah, you know? yeah. Let's build up a rapport. Yeah. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, then we can drop the care to discuss. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so in this scene, Julie is like complaining that she doesn't want to go to bed. And she's saying, like, I don't want to go to sleep. Play with me. Which is like weird. You're a grown ass woman. And then she says, uh, can you take a shower with me? Essentially, she's like begging Tokyo to take a shower with her in their bathing suits. And I have to say, like, Tokyo, truly, I found him hilarious in this scene because he was like, I'm not getting in that shower. Like, it was just he was so like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, what the fuck? Um, And this is just the most bizarre. 
I mean, we get a lot of bizarreness from Julie yeah. this this episode, but like, what is going on in your mind? Yeah, she even is like, there's three shower heads. They want us to shower together. No, I don't think that they care. This is just the house that they picked oh. for you. They didn't purposely install three shower heads so you would all shower together. I mean, I think MTV's wet dream is that three people end up in that shower together. But I don't think that they expected it out of this cast. Like, this cast no. is probably, out of any cast, had, like, the least amount of hookups. Yes, agreed. This was just so bizarre. And then, you know, Tokyo has a confessional and he's like, she's married? Like, have you thought about the optics of this? And I'm just like, this is like, what's happening? Where are we? What's going on? That was are one we of okay? reasons why I was like, is Julie doing, is Julie trying to make TV here? Is um, like, what's her motive? Because she can't be this batshit. But at right. the same time, maybe she is this batshit. And maybe. Another great point is like it does feel like now that she isn't hindered by her um, by being Mormon that she is allowed to be she's allowed to try and be young, wild and free, even though she's 42 or like 40 ish married and Mm -hmm. like what one third of her castmates really would have been fine with her not showing up. So, um, right. Yeah, I, I do think she is trying to make up for some lost time but at the same time like you're old enough to know better you're an adult cut it out yes all of the above yes and i i agree with that and she kind of says that later on like everything that was that took place in the original season was always had this like religious undertone to her or like this overarching religious like no pun intended, like overlord looking over her saying like, you're sinning, you're sinning, you're sinning. And she says, now she doesn't have that. This is kind of like later on, but now it's just like, she's almost like stunted in a way because she, she's like living her early twenties as a married 40 something year old. And everybody else is a married 40 something year old that had their twenties already, except Matt. And we'll talk about it. And, uh, they're like over it. They're just like, yeah, I'm out with my friends and I'm going to be responsible and then I'm going to go home and I'm going to go to bed and we're going to have fun, but we're not going to be like wild and out. Okay. I'm stuck on something. I need to ask you this. Okay. What does the uh, overlord look like in your brain? Uh, that is the Mormon overlord because I have a distinct uh, visual in my head that. Um... So do I. Okay. Tell me yours. Santa Claus. <laughs> That's I, just what I picture. I, I don't know why. I not expecting. I don't know why. I just Santa picture Santa Claus. Claus. As, as the answer here. Mine was actually going to be like a form, like Jonathan without dreadlocks from a Ugh. season of Survivor. Ugh. That's, Ugh. that's what I envision. I mean, Santa Claus is a far funnier answer. I just, um, not with the suit, not with the suit. Oh, in like his street clothes? <laughs> yeah, like in his street clothes or like in his God clothes. Uh, in his God clothes. Yeah, in his overlord clothes. In like a sheet, maybe? Some kind of toga? I don't know. Is that's what rain- I picture. Are there reindeer involved? No, I don't think so. Okay. Maybe like donkey? Yeah, maybe. Mules? Okay, yeah, mules, mules mm. hits the spot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, just like Julie, we went left. 
let's uh we did we did <laughs> let's three we left did. it here let's yeah right. enough laps and we'll make a right so yeah um so anyway that's really where we leave it off with julian tokyo it's bizarre and then we get no resolution to that scene it's just weird so then the next day is when um melissa's sitting outside and jamie comes in to make a coffee and julie's like i'm gonna make her coffee and then she makes you frost she frosts this woman's milk and then is like, I'm going to bring her a scone. Like, this is the energy that Melissa carries that, like, mm-hmm. I need to make things okay with her. And to do that, I'm just going to wait on her hand and foot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes. And I'm cutting to post-conversation with Julie. But I noticed that Melissa left the mug and the plate on the table when she walked inside. And I want to know, did Julie clean up that mug and that plate? I need to know. I wonder. Because that's a power move. If she did. Yeah. Power move from Melissa. If she's like, you will bring me my coffee, you will get me my long spoon, and you will clean up my mess. Mm -hmm. And I love it. Um, I have two things to say that are not related to this, but are related to our show. One, we went from five live viewers to two live viewers uh, right after I asked, what does the Mormon overlord look like? And then... Then two, so that means Sorry. three people missed out on the Santa answer, which I mean, Sorry. or maybe fault. that drove them away. <laughs> and then two, um, I want to come back to the Tokyo Julie thing real quick. Oh, yeah. I'm wondering if we see this scene because no, it, I didn't think of it until you said it. Like, so they kind of like throw this in there and like, and we just leave it like Julie being an idiot. And that's that. I'm wondering if this scene is important because. Um, we get some foreshadowing that Julie is going to be a bit anti-Tokyo uh, in the next episode. So it's yeah. like going from Julie being like, oh, my God, like shower with me to like, you bruised me, you hurt me um, all within less than 24 hours. And so I'm wondering yeah. if like we're getting the happy go lucky scene to then be countered by the not so happy go lucky scene in the next episode. Yeah. Yeah, I would I wouldn't be surprised if that's kind of like the the story they're trying to tell here. Yeah. But like you said, uh Melissa just has people waiting on her hand and foot, uh, including Julie, who at this point seems like she'll do a lot to get Melissa to at least entertain a conversation with her. Yeah, exactly. So then, you know, Julie comes out, she sits down, and Melissa does say like this is a nice olive branch from mm-hmm. her. Um, and that's when we get this flashback of Melissa and Julie's friendship. And it's, I mean, it is kind of sad to watch back. I wasn't a Julie fan back then, but, um, just as I am not now, but I, you know, they really did have a genuine friendship and it's, Mm -hmm. it's sad how money got in the way, Julie's ego got in the way, um, business got in the way. That's, it's sad because as Danny mentions earlier in the episode, when we're talking about Paul, he was like, you know, I, there's not a lot of other people who, understand what we went through so it would have been nice for them to be able to keep that bond and to have melissa kind of help julie grow out of this shell that she grew up in but it seems like she reverted she kind of was like a hermit crab like she came out a little bit and then like went back in mm-hmm. um and that's not melissa's job to, to teach her but it seemed like she was a good influence on her back then but melissa does admit that she didn't watch the show back she became self-conscious um she went underground she did therapy and as someone who has been a melissa fan from back then that's the truth like she was not really on social media i think we talked about this a little bit like she kind of went off the grid um which is good i'm glad she did that for her own mental health like you know she obviously needed to take that time um but she also says (laughs) something about her she always talks about uh her teeth and Mm -hmm. how she fixed her teeth she brought up a few times and this is just one really funny thing that 
if you look, follow her on Twitter, her Twitter header is her fixed teeth. It's just her teeth, which is just so funny. And then she like is just reposting pictures of her teeth, like in response to like someone else who said, I paid a lot of money for my teeth. I'm going to show them. She's like, damn right. And then tweeted a picture of her, of her teeth. And it's just so, <laughs> I just find it hilarious. Um, they're like the eighth uh, roommate. Uh, but anyway, I digress. Julie then apologized. And it seemed like this is the most seemingly genuine apology I feel like I saw from Julie. And it felt mm-hmm. like she really did give Melissa the space to react and didn't really push it mm-hmm. on her. She, she said, you know, regardless of who wrote it, if we have this, if we, if we don't have the proof, if we have it, it doesn't matter. Like you were hurt and it's because of me. All of this happened because of me. And, you know, that's it basically. And she accepted responsibility, which was kind of nice to see. Like it feels like actually Tokyo really did maybe get through to her. Cause I know in the mm-hmm. last episode when we talked, I wasn't convinced. Yeah. Um, I also think that it helped that she had that conversation with Danny earlier as well mm-hmm. and seeing that, Although I felt like she did interrupt Danny a little bit more than she should have. Um, I feel like that's also just Julie. And um, like the response that she got from him probably made it seem like, oh, okay, so this is the right move. Let me. And I do think that she genuinely does feel bad and misses her friendship with Melissa. Because like, like you said, like we said earlier that, when you watch this season, and especially like having just watched the season like last mm-hmm. week, they're friends. They were real friends. Like they were yeah. people who cared about each other. And they're from two very different walks of life to like see them come together and form that friendship. It is sad to me that they weren't, not only were they not able to carry on their friendship, but there was such disdain, um, especially like Melissa just not wanting to be Julie's friend. And that isn't at like a negative towards Melissa in any way but because she has every right to feel that way it just sucks as an outside observer like you're rooting for them in a way they're they're an odd couple in a way that you kind of want to see them work out and it's unfortunate that they didn't so I do think that like I do think Julie is sincere in her feelings about wanting to do anything she can to at least like get Melissa to forgive her and move in a positive path forward um I'm not 100% convinced that she is – she's convinced that she needs to take all the accountability that she is taking. I think she, yeah. I think she's just kind of, like, taking that one on the chin. But sometimes mm-hmm. you have to do that. But I am, I am convinced that this isn't for show, and she does really want to be in a better place with Melissa. Yeah, I agree. And it, it, it did feel really genuine in that way of like, she kept saying like, you know, I love her and I miss her and I think about her all the time. And we really were great friends. Where it feels like with Danny, it it almost feels like she's like, I really was getting to know Danny and I, I like Danny a lot. And Danny made a big impact on me in my life. But it wasn't like coming from that place of like, super close friendship. Like mm-hmm. with Melissa, it almost feels like I miss my friend. And Julie is like, this is a really important person to me and I should have gotten to know him better and I should have treated him better. Whereas Melissa, it felt like a really genuine and true friendship. That's kind of, not to say that her and Danny weren't friends um, back then. I think they did have a really strong bond, but it felt like that was still a growing bond and her and Melissa just became so close so quickly that it was just maybe a little more personal. For yeah. Melissa. I, I think like Danny's true friend that came out of this for him was Kelly in the right. same way that like, in, when we saw them leaving the airport, 
Julie on her fucking skateboard. Um, <laughs> like her true friend leaving was Melissa. Like they yeah. were planning on moving to LA together and mm-hmm. spending at least uh, the summer in LA because Julie was trying to figure out if she was being like accepted back to BYU or whatever. Um, right. Yeah, it definitely. It definitely had some like feel good vibes and um, I think it's just like very big of Melissa to allow this to start happening and whatever conclusion she comes to at the end of this like I completely respect but like in this moment I think that she is just putting on a showcase for like how to be a good human. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, something that Melissa says that I think is an important thing to note, just to kind of like understand maybe where her mindset was, is that she said to Julie, like, thank you for this, because now there's no space for me to seem petty, because for 22 years, mm-hmm. I've seen petty, and now you're taking accountability, like you're coming off yeah. that you actually did something. Mm-hmm. Um, so even that I feel like is enough to maybe not enough, but it's, it's a step toward taking that off of Melissa's shoulders as if she's like carrying this, this, you know, this grudge for no reason. Like now we're finally getting some accountability from Julie, whether or not she means it, um, she's saying it. And I think that's kind of the most important thing. But then Melissa kind of just ends up being like done. Julie recognizes she's like, you're done. She's like, yeah, I'm done. Like with the conversation. She's like, I've had enough. Like I'm gonna go inside. And she says in a confessional that, you know, Forgiving Julie and being friends with Julie are two different pieces of pie, but right mm-hmm. now she's not ready for any pie. So yeah. I think it's just she smoothed it over. They're going to coexist. Um, I mean, we'll see how they coexist based on Julie's actions moving forward, but um, they left in a decent place, it seems like. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, tomorrow, if we were like, how do I phrase this in a way it makes sense? If we're living in the time that this is being filmed, that tomorrow after Julie's night out is a much more difficult place (laughs) to be in for Julie if her and Melissa don't have that conversation today. A thousand percent agreed. Okay, cool. I wasn't sure if I explained that well. (laughs) No, a thousand percent. So that's a good segue. So after this, we get another incoming message that's like a cryptic message about them going out and having, having an experience with... Essentially, it basically says drag queens, but for some reason, they, like, made it a little bit cryptic, even though it's obviously that they were going to see drag queens. The thing that's, like, annoying to me about this is that Kelly didn't come downstairs. And it's like, okay, I get that you're working, but this is also work because you're getting paid. So, like, come downstairs and at least look at the message. You don't just sit in your room. And this is, like, when she came in, she was like, I was really closed off to this experience. And I'm like, Kelly, you're doing it again. Like, that's Mm -hmm. great that you're writing a book, but... I'm sure you have a deadline, but you're on a show. So help make the show. Yeah. I hate this. This is like a housewife that doesn't participate in group uh, activities. It drives me crazy. Like you're sitting in your room just working. I don't know. At least come down for the message. If you don't go out, right. you don't go out. But like at least come down for the message. Right. I agree with you. I thought that was weird too. That like was it Melissa or Julie who went up and was like, we're going out. And she's like, no. Melissa. Right. Yeah, it was Melissa. Melissa. And it's like, I'm writing a book. This is like what I'm proud of right now. This is what I'm going to do. I don't care if it like makes me seem boring. Like, well. Well, it, it does, Kelly. It does. Yeah. It does. <laughs> Go woo it up do? with Jamie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So then Matt says he's going to FaceTime his queen tonight and essentially just is 
really transparent about wanting nothing to do with drag queens whatsoever. Like, mm -hmm. and this is so frustrating to me because, like, first of all, why why does this bother you so much? What about a drag queen bothers you so much? What about this is against your religion? That's what I need to know. I not. I mean, I don't know what page in the Bible does it say like, "Thou shall not." enjoy the entertainment of drag queens right exactly i don't know who wrote the bible i'm not a religious person i don't know who wrote it like did jesus <laughs> write it did some other people write it i have no idea but like i don't think jesus was out there sitting or jesus is like whatever ghostwriter was out there sitting and being like mm, i gotta put a passage in about drag queens like that shit's not okay no that didn't happen maybe there is something about drag queens in the bible i have no idea but i'm part of me thinks that drag queens didn't exist back then so like danny let's take it easy Let's, I mean, uh, Matt, let's take it easy. I have Danny on the mm -hmm. brain. Uh, and, like, just go out and have a good time with your roommates and let it go. I also, like, hate that he hid behind, like, oh, I'm married. I have to call my wife. Oh, my yeah. God. But then when they sent the – he was, like, send pictures. Yes. Though. And when they sent the picture, he was, oh, this like, was so oh, wholesome. wholesome. Maybe I should have gone. It's, like, you motherfucker. Yeah. Like, Not a drag queen in sight. Maybe I could have been safe. Like, what are the drag queens going to do to you? Are you going to go to hell because you go to a drag show? I very highly doubt it. He probably has an android and can't even FaceTime his fucking wife. Liar. Mm, um, he probably, you're probably right. You're probably right. Uh, Matt. Yeah. I, this moment made me, like, mad in hindsight. In, like, not in hindsight, but I guess maybe, like, in reflection. Mm -hmm. um, because I feel like Matt just didn't get enough shit for like yes. not being open to other people's way of life. Like exactly. He is the person who like mocks the or like is all about like tolerance as opposed to acceptance. You know what I mean? Like right. Right. You you live your life, I'll live mine. Like just don't do your stuff where it affects me or whatever. Like versus like having starting to like learn about it or whatever and this moment just made me like mad he didn't no one really like held him to the fire for mm -hmm. it where um I think like Tokyo during their original season was really held more accountable than anybody else and like I, Matt wasn't causing like the tension that Tokyo was so like I, I understand it in a way but I also think part of it is it's a lot – I mean, there's, like – I think there's racial undertones to it and mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. like, Matt wasn't held accountable. Um, totally in, agree. In 2000. But it really just, like – I got mad in this moment. I'm like, this this motherfucker doesn't get called out for jack shit. Why? Like, I why agree. is he allowed – and I think we're going to see him get called out maybe when him and Danny have whatever interaction they have about Danny's sexuality. But – he should have been held a lot more accountable in 2000 than he was. Yes, I agree. And I think, I think you're right. I think Tokyo was part of it because a lot of the attention went on him for probably a lot of reasons that it really shouldn't have. And then I also think Julie was so outward with her religion mm -hmm. and so like in everybody's face and asking questions and saying things that she probably shouldn't have said and supposedly took all this as like a learning experience. And Matt just was not open to growing and to learning so he kind of got put to the side and then like julie was the young naive yeah who you know so she got a lot of that attention but i do think matt's day is going to come mm -hmm. um 
I really do think so. And you're totally, totally right. Like people aren't out there being like, I just really want you to tolerate me and my lifestyle. Uh, they want to be accepted. Everybody wants to be accepted and everybody deserves yeah. to be accepted. Just because you don't understand it doesn't mean that it's wrong. Just because your antiquated book says that, you know, it's wrong. Like you guys are really, you're really just living your life according to the Bible. I mean, I don't know. And again, no offense if anybody here is religious. I'm not, but like there's a difference I think between being religious and being accepting and, and wanting mm -hmm. to learn and then just being so rigid that you're closing yourself off to anything that you may not understand. Yeah. It's just ignorance. Mm -hmm. I agree. And we see Matt has not moved beyond his ignorance. Mm -mm. So sucks to see. Um, so uh, from there, we go to the bar club, whatever it is. Uh, and we see um, we see drag queens and we see drinking and we see shots abound. Um, and we see everybody just having a really good time. Uh, and it was really nice to see Danny getting approached by all these people saying like you were such a huge yeah, impact cool. on me and he was hugging I wish that was just then I was like starting to get emotional again but then don't worry Julie came and saved the day from my tears because she <laughs> hot mess Julie Express just came rolling right in and and derailed the entire situation there's no breaks on that woman no breaks all gas no breaks yeah exactly so she pretty much says like I didn't drink in my original season in the year 2000. And she's like, don't get me wrong. I've like drank before, but I didn't start drinking until I got married or after she was married. And I'm like, so how many times have you drank before? Like two? Yeah. Three? I mean, I don't know how long she's been married, but like it really doesn't feel like she was drinking like someone who knows how to drink. No, absolutely not. She was, I mean, it was like exactly what Joseph Boza said that yes. she was acting like the 20 year old. Yes. I remember my first beer. I threw up. Well, I, I wasn't my first beer, but my first time getting drunk, I threw up in an American Eagle bag because uh, the bathroom was upstairs near the parents' house that we were, or like the parents of the person whose house I was at. And mm -hmm. I couldn't be throwing up there because they know we were drinking. And that was Julie. That was Julie. Yeah. Me and Julie, yeah. except I was 16 and she's 41. <laughs> so. Right. I, I remember being 19 years old and using my friend's ID as an ID and getting drinking way too much vodka orange juice and just puking often. It happened a lot. I didn't know what I was doing. Even in my 20s, maybe even in my 30s, I've had a <laughs> night or two. But not like this. I mean, this is like egregious, egregious. Um, speaking of drinking, is Tokyo drinking? He is. Yeah. Cause, okay. What I... Well, he's doing shot. He got the, he ordered the shots. Yeah, because he didn't drink when he was uh in like the original right. season. Right, and so, that caused a little bit of drama between him and Melissa. Yeah, so um just wanted to point that out. Yeah, yeah, he is. That's a good point. Um he seems to really be keeping it under control. Mm -hmm. Uh so does Jamie. So does Melissa. Melissa had the pro move of like people are getting shots and she's just like handing them out to people mm -hmm. um because she doesn't want to do them, which like very good call, very good call. Um, and she also says that she does like the shoulder, like the old mom move, yeah, the, the mom old mom shoulder, shoulder shake. shake. And I'm like, I do that. And I'm not a mom. I mean, I'm kind of old, but I'm not a mom. So I don't know if it's an age thing or a mom thing, but I'm, it's I'm in that bracket. To moms. I have shoulders too. Yeah. <laughs> and I shake them. Yeah. Respect my shoulders. Melissa. Yeah. <laughs> so 
Jamie's just like jumping around. He gives like such dad energy, like old dad, like at like a Dave Matthews band concert. That's like what I see. <laughs> That's what I'm picturing. Not at a drag show, just like at a Dave Matthews band concert. Um, and Danny's just having a really great time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everybody seems to be like really just like living it up, feeling great. And then Julie just takes it to the next level and just I don't know if it's just like one shot took her over the edge if more drinks took like whatever it was but she hit the edge and she just plummeted right off mm-hmm. and in that plummet she won't listen to anyone no no one nobody it was bad it was really bad um so they tried to get her to leave tried to say like drink this water she would like drop the water she would throw it out she would get away like melissa kept saying you need to drink water uh tokyo tried to give her water mm-hmm. it just was not working out she was not receptive um and then she was like you know up against the stage she was dancing she was flipping her hair she was like really almost seemed like an out-of-body experience mm-hmm. uh so things escalate a little bit the security comes and basically tells her like calm down i don't remember exactly what security was saying to her but they were basically like yo you gotta chill yeah they told her she had to leave, uh, basically. Yeah. Uh, and Tokyo and Jamie are like, we're making our exit strategy. The whatever car is going to be here um, in three minutes. Like, let's try and get her out. So then they try and get her out. Um, Melissa says, you know, she's not happy about leaving in three minutes because she requested back that ass up and she didn't hear her song yet. Uh, which so is really funny. just like truly, <laughs> truly a moment from like that 2000s era, which is kind of mm-hmm. amazing. Um and they can't get Julie to leave, essentially. She refuses to leave. And she just gets belligerent. She starts cursing at everybody. She starts saying, like, fuck you. I hate you. I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going. And Tokyo, I don't remember, like, exactly the the uh, series of events. But it ends up with Tokyo kind of just, like, bear hugging her a little bit. Yeah, like, and, trying like, to carry her. And trying to carry her out. And she is just resisting. She's like, I, I'm trying to think of something that I can like describe her as, but I can't even think of anything. She's just like resisting. And then her like shirts coming. She's like in a tank top and like the straps falling down and the shirts coming up and she's just like falling on the floor and screaming. She's just a maniac. She's a maniac. And this is a woman in her 40s with chil- children. Yeah, she had children in her package. She's married. I think and I'm so. just like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Yeah. Um, I low-key wish that they just kind of were like, okay, bye. Yeah, see ya. You. And left her. Because the other thing is, like, yeah, she was hammered, but also, you know the cameras are going to continue to follow her if she right. stayed out. So, like, I... Something in adulthood that I've learned is that, like, when you're with a group that you can't expect everyone to leave at the same time. There's yeah. Posters, and I'm usually, like, an early leaver, and I don't mind, like, my friends staying out later. And my group of friends has, like, come to, like, yeah, she's going to probably be one of the first ones going home. And that's fine. Like, no one questions it. But, like, so I get what Tokyo is trying to do. Um, mm-hmm. But I low-key wish they just, like, left her. I think they should have <laughs> left her. And I think they should have just let her get into whatever trouble that she wanted yeah. to get into. And she could have learned her lesson the hard way. Yeah. And now I think she is, like, a victim. She gets this victim complex again. Or she's making herself into it. I don't want to say that anything that anybody did made her a victim she's making herself a victim yeah i want to make that clear um and i think this scene is really setting us up for what's about to happen in the next episode and it seems like we're gonna devolve into a really negative path um between julie and tokyo 
But essentially, like, security's also falling, which I'm like, why isn't security kicking her? I guess security yeah. doesn't want to touch her. Um, but security obviously wants her to leave, too. And mm-hmm. I think that, like, heightens her reaction of, like, what did I do? Why do I have to leave? Why well, didn't do anything? Fuck you. And she's just freaking mm-hmm. out. Eventually, they get her outside, and she's, like, pushing Jamie, and she's saying, like, I'm not, and I'm like, fuck you, I'm not going. And then Danny does, like, a kind of funny thing where he, like, runs down the stairs, and he's just, like, what? Like, that was so um, good. And I was, like, that was a really good moment that, like, added, like, a laughable, like, a funny comedic moment in here. I hope that turns into a gift. Well, I can make one. I made the Julie gift in her tweet, so I can make it again. Oh, I didn't realize you made it. Oh, I made that gift. That's oh. what that's what took me so long to decide. I didn't even realize that. That's mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you're wondering what Katie's talking about in her tweet of our like podcast going live tonight, just go check it out. She made that. Um, yeah, please gift like Matt's or okay. not Matt, uh, fucking Danny's reaction. I will. I will. That's good. That's a good. I one. will. Um, I ha- I saw this scene today where Julie's like. I can do this without like, you know, blah, blah. Like, I feel like I'm just like finding myself. And, and then she like, the, it just hurt. Like, she looks like she has like this jokerified like face of herself. And she's like almost like slow mo. And she's like laughing and then she like falls on the ground. And I was like, I need this gift. Like, this is just like the epitome of mess. Like, this is the peak of mess. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was great. I'm really glad that I was able to do it. But, yeah, so that's kind of like where we end. We ended on to be continued. You know, if you listen to our Housewives podcast, I hate it to be continued, but uh-huh. we did get a preview for the next episode, so I'm not as mad about it because Bravo doesn't give us previews when they give us to be continued. Yeah, it, uh, there's a couple of things. One, <clears throat> I don't know where my voice just went, but um, Julie hit Jamie when they she were did. Like, outside the bar. Like she, she did. turned and like slapped him. Open, yes. open hand slapped him like in the arm. And Jamie yep. kind of just like laughed at this. She's like little kid tried to punch me, but she yeah. did do that. Um, she did. And then two, did you see the episode name of this? Out of pocket. No, I think it was out of bounds. Oh, uh, was it out of bounds? Let me see. I, I wrote it. Down. Out I wrote of it down. But yes, it, it is out of bounds. Out of bounds, part one. It came from the best analysis of Julie from Melissa when she was Yes, like, incredible. When I think of Julie, I think of the word out of out of pocket, out mm-hmm. of line, out of bounds, yes. out of, like out of her mind. Whatever. Out of her mind. Like, <laughs> yes. All of it. And just she's so fucking funny. Yes. Um, yeah, so it was out of bounds part one. So out of bounds part one, yeah. Coming next week. And uh when I saw the episode name, because I saw it like before I started watching, I'm like, oh, as, like knowing that we were getting the bar scene and Julie getting drunk, like mm-hmm. I had an idea, but then like the context of it, that's fucking good. <laughs> so good. And honestly, we've seen this. We saw it in the in the season trailer. We saw it in last week's trailer for this week's episode. I did not expect what we got tonight. I did not think it was going to be as bad as it was going to be. And it yeah. seems like next week it's going to get worse we see the aftermath we see her come home i think matt says something that like full-on chaos like turns the house into just like full-on chaos and uh we see her vomiting i saw like saltine crackers and her vomit which was so full saltines i'm hoping and i'm like there's no way she ate those and puked them up no no no. they they had to have been spilled in some way i bet you they like yeah they were like on the side of the bed and then when that's what i'm picturing because she went to bed with the saltines, rolled over to puke, and they all fell on the ground. Yeah. That's what I imagined. The way that the salt, I saw that too. I'm like, yes. <laughs> wow. I was like, oh no. She truly She's like is puking everywhere. <laughs> she is yeah. And 
throw a full saltine. That would be a feat in itself. Because yeah. that means you'd have to swallow the saltine whole and then regurgitate yeah, it whole, yeah. which would really be um, quite a triumph. Maybe yeah. not triumph. That's not a good word for it. Just a yeah. really a, good party trick. A medical wonder. <laughs> yeah, a medical wonder for sure. But in the preview, we see Tokyo kind of like comforting her while she's sick, holding her hair back. And then we see Julie saying, Tokyo grabbed me and I'm bruised. And all of a sudden, really villainizing Tokyo mm -hmm. uh, for trying to get her out of the situation. And I really am very nervous about the direction that this is heading. Yeah. I mean, especially with Melissa's commentary, like, we're not going to, um, like, make the black man the enemy, especially when yeah. he was the one trying to help you. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it can go very south. Uh, I, part of me hopes that we're getting the most heightened parts and that it actually mm -hmm. like gets resolved. Um, but I'm not confident in that. I, I am hoping just because that would be, it, it, it just would not be good for no. especially Julie, but I mean, just like the house in general, especially like Tokyo and Julie are spending our, uh, our roommates in this mm -hmm. and like, I don't want Tokyo to to revert. I love what we are getting out of Tokyo. That's and so when I say it'd be bad for Julie, I don't mean bad like I'm feeling bad for her. I just mean like you you're currently on the up, Julie. Like your stock is currently rising, but <laughs> it can plummet. I don't know if I would go that far. I mean yeah. based off of from episode one, episode two. A little bit. I'm not saying like a little bit. A little bit. That's just some tiny inch up and tiny she's inch. Not like Apple stock here, but she's she definitely has a little green arrow next to her. She's not she's not a red arrow at the moment. But right. Yeah, I don't mean bad for Julie. It's like a point zero one percent. Yeah, synthetic way, but it's just like I I don't want Julie's actions to cause Tokyo to be any less Tokyo than he is because he's been phenomenal. And that's what I'm concerned about. And that's exactly what I was going to say is that I just like, I want to put Tokyo like in a little like box and protect him because mm -hmm. I'm loving the growth from him this season. And I will come for Julie if she does anything to hurt Tokyo. I love like just how sensitive he is and how wonderful he is. And I'm just so happy that we're getting the Tokyo that we're getting. And if she does anything to damage that, like I will hold her personally accountable. I don't know how. I'm not going to do anything to her. I'm not even probably not even going to tweet at her. But like I'm gonna complain about it on this podcast and on Twitter. Maybe I'm not gonna add her, but I'm gonna complain about it on Twitter and maybe hope that she sees it. Yeah. Do you think she's one of those people that searches her name? Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. I just I'm worried for Tokyo, and I I hope, and I truly believe that that the the roommates in the house will also protect Tokyo. Mm -hmm. um, because I obviously can't, and this was filmed already, but I, I, I really hope that they will come to his defense and not let Julie paint this narrative that she is seemingly going to start painting. Um, because I, I would just hate to see anything like that happen to him. Cause he's just so wonderful. He's just so wonderful. And I mean, I can't imagine anyone's going to really have Julie's side, especially no. she's come home and like is throwing up and making a scene. So it'll be great. Anyone's on team Julie. I'll be very confused. Agreed. And Valencia is in the chat. Shout out to Valencia. She said she was thinking that too and protect him at all costs. And yes, we need to protect Tokyo at all costs. 
I'm nodding my head. Yes, Nitro is even agreeing. He's barking in the background at <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, even Nitro agrees. <laughs> Anything else for this episode or this preview for next week or just in general? I think we have covered it all, Katie. Awesome. All right. Well, then, Carrie, where can everybody find you? We'll wrap it up. All right. If you want to see me uh, tweeting at Fools, not at Fools, just like roasting Fools on Twitter because of this last Survivor episode that showed like an hour and a half ago, uh, I'm there. I was, uh, some dude got in my mentions and like mentioned oh. Trump and stuff. So I oh, cut out. Oh, okay. When you said, oh, I'm like, oh, no, I cut out. Yeah. No, I was so, asking what you said. <laughs> so I, I blasted his ass. And then Twitter was like, people don't like replies like this. Like, I was like, shut the fuck up, Twitter. You just sold yourself to Elon Musk. Like, get out of my life. Ugh, um, I'm in mourning about it, but I think it's for another time. Anyway, so yeah, you can find me, KGD26, um, there, Instagram, and TikTok. I put up a TikTok today of Nitro playing dead. Um, so if you want to see the tricks I'm teaching my dog, that's where you can see them. Okay. And then on Silent Podcast, uh, I co-host the show called the cool water show with Katie. We'll have an episode out at some point this weekend. I'm assuming we haven't talked about it yet, but I'm just assuming. And then um, coming up soon, we just got the trailer for the circle. So we'll be back with that. And it is not a celebrity season, but they are alluding that there's at least two spice girls that show up. So um, it's not a celebrity season, but it's not, not a celebrity season. Hmm which a lot of people were thinking it was a celebrity season. So we'll be back with that soon. And um, also look out for challenge coverage coming your way in the near future. So basically just all over some podcasts. I'm there. Yeah. Katie, what about you? Well, you can follow me at Real Slim Katie if you want to see me also roasting fools on Twitter, specifically <laughs> Jonathan from Survivor and anyone who is a Jonathan fan, uh, especially after tonight's episode. And you can also find me there on Instagram, but I don't really do anything fun on Instagram, so it's up to you. Uh, and you can also find me on twitch.tv slash Katie with an underscore at the bottom or at the end, not at the bottom, um, where I play a lot of cozy, fun little games that are not too serious. I'm very casual there, but we do a lot of chatting about reality TV and scripted TV and just all of the things. Um, it's a really great community, so come check that out. Drop a follow. It's free to do so. And you can also find me on Silent Podcasts. Uh, as Carrie mentioned, we cover all things uh, Real Housewives on The Cool Water Show, where we put an episode out weekly, and we cover all of the different Real Housewives shows. And you can find me on Big Brother Canada coverage, along with Isaiah and Josie and Lance. Um, and we have uh, really exciting stuff coming up. So definitely suggest checking that out. We record weekly. We rank the players every week. Um, we're, the season's coming to a close next week. So um, we'll have a ton of finale coverage coming for you and just season in general coverage. So Check us out there. Uh, like, no spoilers, but when you say you have some big stuff coming for Big Brother Canada coverage, like, it's not a lie or exaggeration. Like, I'm so happy uh, for you guys and, like, for Isaiah yeah, for, like, we're doing stuff. This. And, like, uh, I'm thrilled that, like, you're going to get to do this, uh, like, you personally. Like, I'm just so excited for you guys. Like, not that I watch so. Big Brother Canada or... <laughs> I, it's I'm the superior sure. product. Yeah, I, the I superior Big it. Brother I, product. I believe it. Um, but, oh, I forgot that was, like, teasing Nitro with a treat so he wouldn't bark while you were talking. Um, but, yeah, like, if you like Big Brother Canada, you got to tune into this shit because yeah. it's, it's about to get... It's about to get big. Um, yes. Yeah. So follow us there. We're really, really excited. And I think the same 
panel is going to cover Big Brother US when Big Brother 24 comes out. So which is really awesome. I love podcasting with Josie Lance and Isaiah. Um, so excited to keep keep it going throughout uh, the summer. I also just want to like shout out Joseph and Valencia who like follow along with yes. us the whole night and provide us awesome commentary. Uh, so thanks. Shout out to you too. Yes. We, shout out to you we too. We appreciate you. And uh, tell your friends about this because um, there's not a ton of coverage on the show and it definitely deserves to be covered. So uh, get them to listen and especially listen live. I love when we get comments as we're going. I just feel like so important. <laughs> yeah. Thank like, you guys so much. So this is really cool. We love it. Yes, absolutely. And drop a thumb if you want. Give it a thumbs up. And anybody listening, feel free to drop a rating or anything on um on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, you can pull that up. I think we're ready. Okay. Uh, it'll help people find us and it'll help people get this coverage on the real world and all the other awesome things that Silent Podcast is doing. Um, speaking of which, we are available on social media where you can drop us a follow. Um, you can follow us on Twitch at Silent Podcasts. You can find us on Twitter at Silent underscore Podcasts. And you can find us on YouTube at Silent Podcasts. And we have really great coverage right now of Survivor. We're going to have a really great episode coming up with a wonderful panel that's going to talk about tonight's episode. Um, there's a lot to say, so we're going to give some some really great uh, voices a, a chance to really cover this in depth, um, led by be, Gia. Yeah, an all-black panel. Yes, yeah. And I think that's worth stating because I think a lot Absolutely. of the coverage, mainframe coverage you get is like not that. So yeah. Um, Definitely check that one out. I'm excited to listen to that. Yeah, sure. I'm very excited to listen to that. I think it'll give a lot of people a, a different perspective on the episode that took place tonight. Um, we are, like I said, covering um, Housewives. We're covering Big Brother. We're covering Top Chef. We're covering Saturday morning cartoons. Um, and we have a lot of big things in the works. We're talking a lot about future shows that we want to cover. And um, so if there's anything else that you guys want to hear us talk about, not only just us, just anybody let us know, drop us a comment, and we will take your feedback and we will find we will definitely have someone that is interested in covering it. So let us know. For sure. Everything Katie just said. I agree. Yeah. Awesome. Well, with that being said, thank you all for listening. Have a great rest of your evening or your day, depending on what time you're listening to this or your night or your morning. Time is uh, a social construct, whatever. It is a social construct. Enjoy the rest of your, your being. <laughs> yes. Um, and we will catch you next time. Yeah. Bye. Adios. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.